0: Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by MedTerraCBD. MedTerraCBD.com has given us a 15% discount code. You can enter the discount code Big 15 upon checkout at MedTerraCBD.com that Discount code saves you 15% on every single one of your purchases, and a good portion of those sales come right back to us to here at the Big MX Radio podcast, which for 2019, we were successful in becoming the third highest downloaded podcast network within the sport of motocross, which is a huge feather in my cap, and the fact that uh, this is basically a a full-time effort by uh, myself as well as one of my co-hosts, and he'll be introduced in just a few minutes, but we have to get... And I, I'm Brad Gephardt. I'm, I'm the, the co-host of every single one of these podcasts. Uh, I was on podcast two two nights ago with both Aaron Tanty and Jay Wilson. I had to do those podcasts on a Monday night because the, a young lady that we're about to introduce couldn't do Monday nights. She can't do Monday nights. I don't know why she can't do Monday nights. Probably listening to the pulp show uh, from beginning to end live, like Darkside does, but. This young lady is, uh, is very well known on Twitter. She's a fantastic follow on both Instagram and Twitter. She's got a great following. She's got a bubbly personality and that's exactly why we sent her to be the Arizona Big MX radio correspondent for the very first time holding a uh, supercross press credential media credential so she could squire herself around the pits asking questions in the press conference and uh, and hanging out in the press box doing all those cool things and that young lady is becca ramos becca how's it going
1: oh it's, i'm going good how are you tonight
0: hey I'm not doing too bad whatsoever it's a beautiful evening here in Winnipeg we're ready to talk some super cross we've got some knowledgeable people on the line and then there's also Dave's gonna talk to us too uh, so I'm really excited about that and uh, th- this will be a fun time like uh, I can't I, I can only imagine that you're just now starting to sort of uh, all the exciting things you got to take uh, take in on uh, on Saturday are starting to sink in.
1: Yes, especially now as I've sat here all day, kind of rewatched the races. It's like, oh my gosh, I witnessed all this live. I was there and I got to see it from a different standpoint than I ever have. And I've been going to the races for 15 years and this is by far probably like the best race experience I have ever had.
0: Fair enough. Well, uh, glad to have been able to provide that to you. Uh, kind of just, I knew you were going to go to to one race a year and I wanted to make that super extra, uh, special in the fact that uh, we at Max Radio have the ability to, uh, to send, uh, knowledgeable individuals as a media member. Uh, obviously we have the, uh, I have, I have the ability to get myself a media credential, but I can also pass on that, uh, distinction to somebody else that, uh, I feel is, uh, capable of covering the race for me. I certainly felt that you had that, uh, well within your, your grasp. So, uh, I thought I'd offer to send you and, uh, and Sean Brennan, uh, over at Feld was nice enough. To uh, to to forward that right on through, and and you were uh, uh, it was it was like approved, and you were sent to uh, to the Phoenix Supercross, or it's the Glendale Supercross. So, pretty excited about that.
1: Yes, very exciting indeed.
0: Absolutely. And second on the podcast, because he's definitely the second most important person on the phone call. Uh, I guess third, if you include myself, Uh, he's on a lot of these podcasts, despite all of the negative press that we get, the hateful emails, and um, and, and particularly not uh, offering a whole lot of great insight on any of these podcasts. But He's a good friend of mine, and he knows a whole lot about the sport, and he takes all of my verbal abuse. He is the sole proprietor of the collective experience, and this collective experience is the number one way to take in a supercross or motocross race. You'll never feel more plugged in than when going to uh, a race and doing so with the collective experience. He's a good friend of mine. He'll likely be in my wedding party one day, and he takes all of my shots with a grain of salt. It's Dave Drake's
2: what's up man i still you know what we're we're still on a roll i'm still counting this as as like a progression in my intro so i'm i'm marking that one of as the a, as a i positive. think that
0: was one of my better ones i don't I know becca like a, what would you can i, can I get so a too. can i a one out of ten on the on the the intro oh, of dave drakes
2: easily easily 8.3 this week easily
1: i'll take it up 8, to 1. 8.5 just to beat you
0: 8.5. 8.5 <laughs> because we're competitive. I can improve on that. I can definitely improve on that. We'll, we'll, we'll get it uh, cracking down uh, in the next few <laughs> weeks to come. We do this every single week when we – we watch the supercross races. We get excited about them. We analyze them. We 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 watch all of the laps. We, we we rewatch them on TV the uh, days later. Unless your name's Dave Drakes, in which you're just on a flight every 15 minutes, and you probably don't get a, t- a chance to watch it when you're uh, doing some product testing for a little company called Harley Davidson. But for the most part, we've all watched this race plenty of times. But you don't have to rewatch it to know that Kenny Rockson went uh, went one one one. This last weekend, uh, Becca, I can only imagine that it probably would have been uh, uh, more exciting for you to go to a Triple Crown where we had multiple winners. But any time that you get to see the number 94 um, basically dominate everything but qualifying during the day, that's pretty cool. What did you think about the performance from uh, your current points leader in Ken Rockson going 1-1-1 one, one, one in uh, a pretty amazing night which featured a couple of red flags and uh, and a lot of laps led for the 94?
1: Well, first of all, um, I'm kind of a huge Ken Roxton fan, so there's a little bias, but I was super pumped for him. And especially after all he's gone through the past few years with the different multiple injuries, it was really awesome to see that. And has there ever been a time where we had a writer at the Triple Crown go 1-1-1? One, one, one? Like, Didn't actually Eli one do thing. it once? Has there?
0: I want to say Eli did it oh. once this last year in Detroit. Yeah,
1: but even just to witness say, a writer go 1-1-1 at the tr- Triple it. Crown... <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, this was impressive. But, um, I was super impressed by his performance. He looked really good and really smooth. He, I kind of expected him to get a little squirrely having Tomac chasing him down and maybe make some mistakes, but he managed to stay like upright on the back on the bike, stay consistent, and um, most importantly, ha- look like he's having fun doing doing it. You could definitely tell that Kenny genuinely enjoys winning. If you compare him to some past winners like Ryan Villopoto. Um, they would win races, but it didn't really look like they were completely enjoying the sport. Are You catching what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: oh, for sure. Uh, guys like that, uh, especially uh, RV. Uh, first of all, he had a lot of angst in his life in general. I think mean, the guy was just sort of like, um, like guys like guys like uh, Dungy, guys like Villapoto. When they won, I think they just worked so goddamn hard at it. It was more of like a, when you finally like you've been working hard at something you finally do it and you're just like yeah fuck yeah I fucking finally uh, did that. It's more of like a um, like a finally than like sort of the elation like an actual celebration which I think uh, the that thing gets the euro coming out in uh, Kenny a little bit when he he's 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 genuinely pumped beyond belief to make that happen. Dave, I know you're, uh, you're a fan of the 94. Maybe not as much as Becca. Uh, I know you've got love for the number nine machine. But, uh, yeah, just to see, uh, Ken Roxon over the last, basically, Better part of three weeks uh, have, uh, like, I was fortunate enough to be in, we were both uh, fortunate enough to be in attendance when he breaks that rec- that streak of uh, of no wins, finally getting back onto the, uh, the top step of the podium after almost three years removed. Now he's done it uh, not once but twice and four times if you count all those main events, which I don't really, but uh, either way, pretty impressive from the 94. Yes, no?
2: Oh, most definitely, man. He rode... Phenomenal. I mean, t- to Becca's point, uh, I'm really surprised that he was able to back it up with Tomac beating down his neck. I mean, you can say one of them, yeah, he got a much better start than Tomac. Tomac was kind of buried. Um, but the other ones, Tomac was with him straight up, and, to- and, uh, and Kenny just did not falter. I mean, we've seen time and time again where these riders are complete mental cases. It takes very little to agitate them, get them off their line, and then boom, they wash the front wheel or they get past and they start falling back in the pack. Kenny stayed so mentally strong. He hit his marks. He looked like he was the most in control, like his bike was working the best. Um, he he just he, he killed it the entire night. Starts were on point, even with the, the red flag restarts. I mean, he was, he was able to just hit the reset button and do it all over again. So, I think it was a masterful ride, and this really highlights just how much parity we have in the class to where we're talking about Ken Roxon leading the points this early, going 1-1-1 in the triple crown, and kind of holding the, the, the series by the throat right now. So um, I, I'm, as a Kenny fan, I'm ecstatic. Um, I don't I don't know, man. I, I really hope we can see this, this play out more, see if he, if he can uh, keep up the consistency, maybe a couple more podiums, maintain that, that red plate and uh, sort of beat these guys down mentally and kind of do what Cooper did last year and run away with this thing.
0: Fair enough. Now, when it comes to Eli Tomac, uh I really felt like the whole day was um, – an Eli not totally feeling comfortable with the motorcycle. We know that he has a hard time pushing it to the absolute limit um, when it when it comes time to basically like the chips are down uh, and, and you need to do something special even when you're not feeling uh, comfortable. He's not always prepared to do that. Uh, on a night like this, he was able to take two seconds and a third, turn that into a second overall. Uh, and I think it's more or less a, a learn to f- uh, live to fight another day. He knows that he's going to be going to Oakland where he's been successful in the past. That tr- that track is usually pretty beaten up, uh, which is something that uh, he sa- t- seems to t- sort of. Uh flourish in I, I think that uh, like not exactly reminding you of an outdoor but uh, like bouncing off of stuff is something that Eli is pretty pretty good at um, and I think honestly he's taking a very uh, mature uh, approach to it not needing to win all the time slowly but surely making his way up a little bit closer in the points still needs to make up some time uh, and some points on uh, and Kenny and the rest of the guys in the top three but definitely making a case uh, as you move towards the middle of the series here for uh, from for some special performances uh coming up but becca here's two guys that i want to talk about uh we're not really going to touch too much on the number three because he was like basically the second best guy and there's not really too much else to say about that but we got two guys who in the last two years have held the number one plate they've won championships neither one of them have wins this year um it, as far as uh oh wait does cooper no does cooper webb have a win yet no no, no, he doesn't. Cooper Webb does not have a win. So Cooper, like the Cooper and Anderson, arguably, basically the exact same, uh, at least the same platform of a motorcycle. I'm sure very different setups, but uh, two past champions. The la- they're they're the only two recent champions that are still in the class right now, um, and uh, and neither one of them have a win right now. Anderson's been the the more consistent of the two. Uh, but what do you make of two guys that uh, they they've been, they were used to standing at the top step of the podium and they haven't done much of either yet?
1: Um. Well, I kind of have a little bit of a theory about Cooper, Webb, and Anderson. They both come from the Baker's factory, and the riders that I've seen from the Baker's factory, they typically tend to kind of like always be care more about consistency than kind of pushing it to the, to the line to try and always get first and risk their bodies at the same time. I feel like they kind of like hang back and maybe, let's say, they're there. If Tomac or Roxen crashes, they'll be there to take yeah. that top step of the podium. capitalize. But I I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with him. I know Cooper had, for Anaheim one, he wasn't feeling too great. But Anderson, I think Anderson is just going to try and be consistent and just be there all season just in case if something were to happen to the top spot guys leading in the point.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Now, Dave, um, Anderson sits fourth in points. He's got a pair of fifth and a pair of thirds, uh, which me- which means he's been right in the fight every single weekend. Uh, Cooper has been a little bit less consistent, but for the most part, he's been uh, he's been rock solid. And if he continues around this the the, the way things are going, uh, I don't doubt that he gets a win before uh, we get to the midpoint of the season. Uh, which is going to add one more guy that's uh, that's getting close to this championship. I think we're, we're going to have a really good picture of how things are shaking out by Tampa. But uh, between Anderson and Webb, who do you think has more momentum right now?
2: Oh, man, for me, that's kind of easy, man. I'd say Anderson. I mean, we've seen him up near the front a little bit more. Um, he's been sort of, I guess, mitigating a little bit of the, the mistakes that we see these guys tend to make, uh, whether it's, you know, the, the faulty bad start or, um, you know, getting shuffled back in the pack from a mistake, stuff like that. Um, I think Anderson's just stayed a little bit more ahead of um, a lot of those mistakes, starts a little bit more dialed, and, you know, he's in the front fight um, for, for some of these races, which, again, Cooper really hasn't been except for one. So um, I like Anderson right now. His aggression's great. His consistency um, is probably the best out of the class other than Roxanne. Um, he looks very, very comfortable on the bike where Cooper and not so much for the first couple of rounds. So I like Anderson right now um, in terms of a momentum swing um, in their camp. I think he's really going to gonna light it on fire once we do make that uh, East Coast swing. And I expect him to finish up very, very strong uh, come the Gillette, Vegas and uh, Utah round. So. Uh, I'm definitely putting my money on Anderson for having a little bit better of a year than Cooper, just from a consistency standpoint, um, and do not count this out for wins, because you know it's coming.
0: Fair enough. Well, I think both those guys are putting themselves in a good position consistently uh, to, to pounce if either one of uh, either Kenny or Eli, or Adam for that matter, uh, happen to have really off nights, but uh, to the way I see it right now, your heavy three, your fastest, consistent three guys that uh are gonna be threatening for wins on a a week to week basis are gonna be the ninety four, the three, and the nine of Adam C and Cerulo, who if not for going ass over tea kettle and the whoops that he was basically making look like he was uh superhuman in uh except for one pushing the front and one going uh going over the front over the bars. Um I, I think Adam uh, had a, had a good chance of being on the podium on this night. He certainly had more speed than a couple of the guys who fi- a lot of the guys who finished ahead of him. Uh, Becca, what did you see from the nine machine? Uh, his first season as a, as a four fifty rookie in a lot of ways, sort of going how we thought it was with a lot of speed and a lot of mistakes.
1: That is, Adam, great guy, very respectful writer, but I wish he could be more consistent of a writer. Um, mm.
0: I feel like he feels the same way.
1: Yes, he definitely um, super fast is a great contender for the title, but again, he needs to work on his consistency, consistency big word for me, and staying <laughs> on the bike. But overall, I think he's holding up very well in the 450 class. Um, possibly a title contender if he could get some wins in. He did crash during Glendale, so I hope that really doesn't majorly affect him. He looked like he was okay. Um, that's that's kind
0: of my take on that. Fair enough, and I agree. And of course, like, like for those who don't know, um, Dave Drake's actually sleeps in Adam cerrillo pajamas. Um, he he, Dave's fairly. currently those in those the state exist? of fl- sorry, sorry. Those
1: exist.
0: Absolutely, they exist. Uh, they exist yeah. in the yeah. fact that. Um that Dave Dave went to uh Beaker last year, who works at Fox, and asked for a full set of Adam Scenes Rule gear, which he travels with everywhere he goes, and before Dave goes to sleep, he puts on the pants and jersey and uh, and like says a nice little prayer and then puts his little head down to sleep uh in, in, in full gear, uh worn by Adam Scenes' Adam Scenes Rule unwashed um and that's how he goes to bed every night, uh but in all seriousness uh dave i I gotta think that your your heart sunk when you saw the kids uh uh the kid go ass over tea kettle in the uh, in the whoops there
2: oh dude you you have no idea man it it was it was such a bummer. I mean, I think adam has had a really good season um I think he has a lot more left in the tank. I think he needs to hone just a few little minor areas. Um, but he looked like he was having a, a pretty, a pretty decent year. I mean, he didn't. He, the last couple of races, we didn't see that intensity that he came out with at MEC or at uh, Anaheim One. But I think that's him sort of realizing how long the series is, and that consistency is at the name of the game in the 450s. You know, there's not as much of a rush like there is in 250s to uh, to score every single point. I mean, every point does matter, but. Um, you know, it's it's very lengthy for the 450 guys. You really got to pick your battles. Um, pick when it's okay to get a fifth and a fourth, and you know, not push it to risk um, getting dropped back from you know to 17th because of a crash like we saw this past weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a bummer. You know, I, I think he's just going to be a little bit bruised up, nothing too serious, but still, I mean, it would uh it would be really really good to see uh, AC kind of ascend a little bit more towards that top three spots. Very capable of it. I have to agree with Becca. The dude has a win in him for sure, but um, I would really like to see him uh, just get a better start and run away. Honestly, he's been the fastest guy at every single one of these tracks and qualifying, uh, which is saying a lot for a rookie on a bike that he's really not that familiar with. So I think we've got to see – um, the best out of Adam you know, I'm not even saying that from a fanboy standpoint, but uh, I would say give him another couple of races, and we're going to start to see him really get more comfortable with where he's supposed to be in this class and start laying to these guys. I, I definitely don't see anything less than a top four for him um, once he's kind of gets the jitters worked out and starts to really get, get his stride.
0: Wow, okay. Hey, Dave. Okay. Hmm. Hey, yes,
2: ma'am. What's hey, up? Hey,
0: Dave.
1: Did you – I think we talked about this at the race. Did you see see AC trying that weird line, the outside line in the rhythm section? What do you think he was trying for there? I I couldn't figure that
0: out. Apparently, it was faster. Segment time says that was faster.
2: I I think those guys were just searching for anywhere to pass, too. I mean, they were getting so bottled up with that one line. Um, I think he was looking for some way just to differentiate himself and not get in the same jump rhythm so that he could either – a little bit lower, jump a little bit farther than those guys and sort of, um, make a line for himself. But yeah, like, like Brad said, it was a little faster in segment times, but I think for most of it, he was just really searching for every little bit of real estate to be able to make a pass. That yeah, and crazy I,
0: house.
1: Hmm? go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Oh, well, that, it's that and also house. I, uh, I'm just going to keep talking cause one of us is going to uh, interrupt each other. So that's cool. Um, but uh now I look like a dick. Uh but uh in all seriousness, one of the nicest things about having that op that different jump line is these guys like I'm not sure, Becca, if you went down there after the race. One of my favorite things is to go walk the track or hang out after and go go check out how things are. The transitions that these guys are hitting, like on the more popular rhythm sections, like how how to hit them, get so hammered out. And like they get so many weird little fish hooks in the the ruts and stuff like that, it actually it, it, it actually puts more in perspective of how fast and how impressive these guys are. But any any time where you can find a basically a, a contrarian uh, rhythm. That allows you to be maybe taking off where another guy's taking or that landing uh, on the backside, like any times where you have basically fresh dirt, where you're having you're not having to deal with those ruts. Those guys will always go to that uh, that scenario, and Adam was able to make that particular one work for him. I admit it kind of looked weird, just because it it didn't look faster. Which like I don't know why if something doesn't look faster if it is faster, but either way. Um, it just—it uh, was weird to see, especially because you're just so used to seeing guys kind of drop into a certain section and hit things uh, the the fastest way possible, or what is at least perceived to be the fastest way possible. When everyone else is doing one thing, you can assume that that's how it is. But uh, uh, according to the number nines pit, uh, his way was the fastest way to do it.
1: That's respectable. I could see it.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so. 450 class. Other other things that stand out to me. I think it's hilarious that, um, Zach Osborne ended up 18th with a 22-11-22 night. Um, that's just, a that's just about as up and down of a night as you can have. Um, everyone else sort of like, it was almost like consistency was the bane of their existence because they didn't have that one race that sort of allowed them to, Pop to the inside the top 10. Like, there's a plenty of guys that were sort of in the middle that, um, they didn't really have, like, that ended up being shuffled further back because there's other guys that had that one great night or race. Like, Blake Baggett has that one fourth that bumps him all the way up to 10th. Uh, Malcolm Stewart has that fourth and a sixth that bring him all the way up to 7th. Uh, and, uh, somehow, some way, Justin Brayton goes 7 7 nine for sixth, uh, which is just an amazing way to, uh, to, to use that uh, Olympic scoring to your benefit and end up with a top six uh, position. Now, Becca, first time doing uh, a proper track walk in the morning, I assume, or maybe you've done that in the past, but certainly not as a media member. Um, I imagine those were one of the highlights of your day. What were some of the other things that you got to do and participate in uh when it came to sort of uh, because, like setting yourself up in the press box, meeting some people around the industry, uh hanging out and with Dave and the with the Collective Experience crew. What was it all about?
1: Oh, where do I start? It was certainly a day that I will never forget. Um a big highlight for me on track walk was actually um I kind of started like falling down a jump a little bit when I was trying to go up and then a, uh, someone was like here take my hand I, I grab a hand and I look up and there's Eli Tomac helping me up a jump it was pretty weird and pretty crazy that was a highlight and then I asked that's him a, pretty press, cool. a question in the press it was really cool yeah that and I ended like up that's asking like bookended by
0: Eli moments
1: <laughs> I know pretty wild um another one was hanging out with um a ray and aj Cantzaros' team they're a pretty cool awesome group of people got to learn a lot about the day-to-day operations of the team um i got to do a rig tour um i'm trying to think there's just there's so much i got to interview jordan jarvis that was like my first ever interview that i've really ever done and i'm honestly like i'm so sorry dave i'm sure it's horrible to have to re-listen to Henry experienced that.
0: I'm still waiting but, for that to be sent um, to me by the way. I'm working on it you know it's,
2: I, I, I'm, it's coming. All right <laughs> Cricket, <cool>. crickets <laughs> No kidding. Um, another highlight
1: another highlight was sitting up in the press box. Um, I got to meet some people from Twitter who um, I uh, who followed me and apparently like I was sitting up there doing qualifying and I noticed some people up front were like looking back at me. And then finally one guy was like, oh, that is you. Because like I tweeted that I was sitting in the press box. And so then I had people who I knew from Twitter. Um, I believe the guy by the name of Chris Chris Kuski, I think that's
0: his name. Chris, um, Cook, Chris Cooksey.
1: Yeah, Cooksey. I couldn't say the last name. But um, um, that was pretty much like kind of the gist of my, my day was overall also learning about what Dave does and what the collective experience is. Because I'd heard about it before but I never really knew exactly what it was, and now that I've seen the program, it's definitely something that anyone out there listening, if you're the average fan and you want that one-on-one experience and meet people in the industry and kind of get that in and experience what it really is about, definitely recommend looking into the collective experience. And um, I got to meet industry people. Going into the race, I kind of was like, I wanted to see what it was the average day of a media person in the supercross industry. It's kind of been a career path that I have considered before. um It's one that I'm going to start looking into again as I graduate here in May from Northern Arizona with a mm-hmm. degree in marketing. so that other than that that was those are kind of like the highlights of my day. There was just so much that went on honestly. It was a lot of walking, more than anything. I think I ended I ended up with like thirty eight thousand steps that day, and walked like seventeen miles.
0: There you go. Well, we appreciate the testimonial on the collective experience. The people can obviously they probably think that I'm on some sort of payroll with all the nice things that I say about uh, Dave's uh, uh, business and and the 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 the, the Basically, the the whole program that he runs, like I, I think we can all say that, like the program that Dave runs is a lot cooler than Dave himself, um, which is 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 one hundred percent the case. Um, and, and just like the the guy, he he dots his eyes, he he crosses his t's. Uh, and you're if you sign up with a collective experience, you're going to have fun. You're going to be included. You're going to be feel like a rock star for the day uh, because you're you're putting a lot of uh, um, time in. So. And a lot of one-on-one time with these individuals. Now, let's throw it to commercial break right now here on the Big MX radio podcast. We're going to talk 250s for a short bit and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll let these two get on with the rest of their evenings. We'll be right back after these messages from the collective experience as well as I think W Wheels is in there and, uh, maybe Sickwick's candles, soy wax candles. Go check them out. We'll be right back after these. Hey, Big MX listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors, we'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Big MX listeners, let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles. You gotta check them out. The Motocross, dedicated, and uh, they, they they burn nice and clean. They got that wood wick that sounds awesome. It, it pops and crackles just like a real fire and uh, it's going to make your garage smell better it's going to make your living room smell better and if you take them into the bedroom don't tell me about it but enjoy it you're going to love these candles and you can find them at SickWicks.com. head there right now enjoy them and you're going to love them. absolutely check them out only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood in the past we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality Purity tests are done extremely frequently and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Caster 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima Racing Oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming, and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateer's racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy Filming practice sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program, and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program, and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google, The Collective Experience. First thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff you guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can, like, Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, The Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there. Great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience, a proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio podcast. What's up, Big MX Radio listeners? I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. It means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you're entertained. Hopefully you guys find some information that you didn't already get from another podcast. And uh, if you guys have any requests, Whatsoever on content you'd like to see on the Big MX Radio Podcast, please send me either a direct message on Instagram if you're not already following. I hope you do. It's Gebhardt 88 on Instagram. And you can also find me via email, BradGebhart88 at gmail.com. Hit me up in the DMs and uh thank you again for listening to these uh really important commercials. Uh we do our best to uh, plug our sponsors and hope that you guys support our sponsors like Medterra cbd as well as uh, maxima racing oils and uh, fly Racing's coming on soon and uh, really looking forward to that so thanks again for listening to the big mx radio podcast garrett dale all all my good friends that are listening i really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to listen to the podcast and uh thanks again and uh, let's get back to the show and we're back, Big Amex Radio Podcast. Myself, Rebecca Ramos, as well as Dave Drake's here on the podcast. We're still breaking things down, uh, and now we're talking the 250 class. And for all intents and purposes, it was Austin Forkner's night. Uh, didn't get the start that he was looking for in the third main. Didn't matter though, because if you, when you've got uh, two wins in the in the tank already, you're like you're basically just you're playing with house money. He was able to uh, cruise home with a third place finish for that last right ra- uh, last race. And uh, Becca, I think this is sort of the worst case scenario when it comes to these um, the the triple crowns because it was such a he had such a lead going into the the final race. That, uh, like literally, all he had to do was finish one behind Dylan Ferendis and it's done. So, uh, that, and in doing so, he was, I think, maybe 13 seconds behind Dylan because he basically had all the wiggle room in the world. I think, uh, he, he would have had to have gotten passed by, uh, Brandon Hartraft, who I think, uh, had his, um he might have to go see the doctor this week about getting, uh, his tongue looked at for being in the sprocket during that whole second, uh, there's that whole third moto. So um but uh yeah like what, what were your thoughts on uh sort of the anticlimactic finish to the two fifty class there, uh, Becca.
1: I'd say anticlimactic definitely summarizes it. Um it was certainly a race that was um I'm actually kind of rewatching it right now, but I think the big tragedy of the two fifty class overall for Glendale was Christian Craig's crash. Like yes. I think everyone feels I for that dude. That. He's crashed so much and had so many hardships and it's just such a bummer to see him down again and injured, but overall really also bummed for Justin Cooper. I'm still shook that he was able to maintain his points lead. Um, but now there's obviously kind of um, not that big of a gap between him and Dylan Ferrandez. I believe um, if I'm showing right here, oops, I lost it. <laughs> if I'm showing right here. There's only a three point difference between Justin Cooper and Dylan Ferrandez. So it's interesting to see um how they're going to use the break coming up to see if they can better themselves and, and possibly maybe either one beat the other or who knows what could happen after this break we have coming.
0: For sure. Like like you're, you're totally right. It's down to three, uh, three points, but, uh, don't look now, but here come Austin Forkner. Um, like obviously uh, Cooper gave up a lot of points this last uh, last weekend, but Dylan was right there as well. so not a whole lot of points lost uh, for uh, on on Dylan's behalf. Uh, so things are starting to tighten up. Uh, Dave, as far as, uh, like basically our contenders for the championship, it's gotta be these three guys. It's gotta be Cooper, Ferranis, and Forkner. Uh, in there also in the mix is that ever consistent, uh, uh, Brandon Hartraff, who uh, never seems to go away. The guy's, I think that's his, he got fourth this last weekend, but he's just been an absolute rock. Uh, throughout these uh, four rounds of Supercross. We'll see if that continues. But for those other three, nobody seems to want it. Uh, obviously, uh, they, they're just all making different mistakes on different nights. Uh, Austin's had a couple of his own uh, with a, a – I think that's a fifth the first week, uh, round. That didn't help whatsoever. Then the, the last round, which uh, – or the – when he was in Anaheim two going down on the whoops, that helps nobody, but he's the only guy with two wins. So, you know, he's, he's making his way to the front. And by the time we, uh, we have a break, um, and go to, uh, Tampa, it, we could be talking about a completely different series based on how much these guys seem to give up points on a week to week basis. Um, but am I right in thinking that we basically, we've, we've had our, our, our top three separate. And basically it's now a three horse race. Yeah, man. I mean, it,
2: all signs are pointing that way. That way, right? I mean, look at just qualifying and um, and, the, and the way these guys are riding during uh, during the heats and stuff like that. They are separating themselves from the rest of the pack, man. I mean, Justin Cooper, for all intents and purposes, the guy is flat out um, maybe just uh, a hair under Ferrandez, but his starts are much better and he can kind of build the distance. Um, I think it's definitely going to be the two star guys. Um, who who has the ball in their court right now? Forkner's at a huge deficit because of the A2 thing, uh, but I do think that uh, that he's got he got a chance to make it up. You know the points are still are still really close. Um, I like to say that uh, that my boy Dylan Fernandez is going to walk away with this thing, but he has got very formidable opponents in Forkner and uh, and Cooper. I really don't see either one of these guys faltering. It just comes down to who gets a better start. Um, who wants it more and who makes the fewer mistakes. I mean, it's a 250 class. These guys are full of a lot of, of, you know, a lot of want and passion and and angst and all that stuff that young guys got. And I really think that um, it's the one that can kind of stay level-headed, hit their marks, and really let the championship kind of um, sort of come to them in a way without giving up too much. I think that's the guy who's going to be the top step of the podium um, come Utah time. So, uh, you know, let's – let's hope that it, uh, it shakes up to be a, some really good racing and three guys that are all extremely fast and that all want to win. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that.
0: For sure. I think, uh, and, and Becca, I think you'd sort of echo those sentiments. Like we've got, we've got a top three here. Uh, they've definitely shown speed every single weekend. They've also shown the proponency to, uh, to hit the deck every once in a while as well. But, uh, it, uh, other than those top three guys, uh, is there anyone that can really challenge them for a win? Do you see a win coming from anybody else? Hmm,
1: I don't know. I feel like maybe. Well, he's injured now. I was gonna. I've been wanting Christian Craig to get a win, but I don't think that's going to happen because he's apparently out for the next few rounds.
0: Yeah, but, if we see that, um, it'll be in March.
1: Yeah, possibly. I honestly don't see anyone else. Maybe Alex Martin can sneak up on these guys and cause a little havoc, but do I see anyone else besides Justin Cooper, Dylan, Fernandes, and Austin Forkner getting a win? I would say no.
0: Fair enough. No, I don't think so at uh, at this point. Uh, certainly not on that, uh, hey, Lee McCollum is one hell of a, a mechanic, but I don't think he can make uh, chicken salad from chicken shit that is the Suzuki 250F right now. Uh, that just doesn't seem to be coming together. Uh, one guy had a one particular, uh, main, um, that sort of stands out of the rest, which, uh, he goes 10-3-13. I really thought that when De- uh, Derek Drake not only led laps, but, uh, kind of held his own in that second race, that he was going to back that up with, we're gonna see a, uh, an emergence maybe uh two TLD KTMs uh within the top 5 on a regular basis but uh no uh 13th in the third one uh not uh, not the showing that we were looking for but a little bit of confidence Dave that's got to be feeling that's got to feel good for a kid who's uh, had a bit of a rough go here um fading like a cheap suit in a lot of those uh, those nationals this last year, leading some laps, showing speed, but nothing really to show for it as far as results goes. And then uh, kind of similar uh, so far start to his Supercross series. The guy's been uh, kind of in and around that 13th to 8th spot. But the it, uh, it it's okay, but it's it's not where... Uh, like, those aren't the positions that get you paid when it comes to the 250s. So, uh, um, like... A, a good second moto from uh, from Derek Drake, but we need to see more, don't we?
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, calling it what it is, um, I still feel like Derek Drake is still very much uh, almost in, like that rookie stage. I know he's got, you know, some outdoor um, gate jumps under his belt, and he's been training with the big boys for a while. Um, I still see him in like, kind of like that that rookie slot, so... Um, I would say that he needs a little more to be able to prove that he, you know, he's able to to run with those top guys and 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 be able to secure the ride that he has for years to come. Um, not saying he's not talented and very capable, but um, I do think that third was just a glimpse of what we can expect um once he does reach his full potential and uh, he's extremely fast we all know he's got a great amateur record um but i do think he's got just a little ways to go i think um the best that he can do right now is to get be consistently and that next uh grouping of riders if you're not going to be in the top three well you better damn sure be in the four through eight and make sure you're representing your team very well with great rides strong consistent rides not fading Um, getting yourself in good starting positions. I think that is what he can sort of aspire to. And now these top you guys are lights out. Um, but yeah, he, he's got to show a lot, man. This class is extremely stacked. He's got some, some pretty well-known 250 uh, vets, quote-unquote, in the class. So um, yeah, Derek has worked that out for him. But I think if he can do all those things, good starts, consistent rides to this mark last the, the entire race, I think he can uh, solidify himself for you know, that next group of guys that once they do reach that full potential, they're going to make some noise.
0: Fair enough. Like, for the rest of the season, if he was like a 6th, 7th guy, I wouldn't be in the least bit mad, but I want to see him ahead of Jacob Hayes and Mitchell Oldenburg on a week-to-week basis. That's just where he should be based on that ride.
2: Oh, 100%. He definitely needs to be up there with those guys, and um, I think it's where it comes down to the uh, the Jacob Hayes and uh, and those guys, or Oldenburg, um, just being just a little bit more seasoned than him, you know? Yeah, and I agree. Having secured some pretty good rides. I think they're just, just a little bit ahead of them in terms of uh maturity race craft, and just knowing where to put the bike, what to do, when to hold back, when to push so I think that'll come Give them another year or so um let them get pushed around a little bit more it'll it'll snap them away then and uh and get them where it needs to be so I, I definitely think uh I think it'll it'll happen It's just when you when you grab these rookie kids out of the out of the amateur race like this, it takes them some time to get going you know not everyone's going to be a uh, you know, like a tomac or or like a James' come out, and boom, you know they're almost winning their first race, so i say give us some time you know we can we can start pulling uh you know talking about you know does he deserve the ride another you know after this season if he's not really making a name for himself, but I say we still got some time.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough, Becca. What what uh, what's your take on the uh, on the fifty seven machine? Uh, obviously, uh, there's room for improvement there. But like I said, I feel like he should be ahead of uh, uh, guys like Oldenburg and Hayes just on equipment alone. Those like obviously those guys got uh, some some decent horsepower under the hood. But um, like Drake's got the contract. He's got the he, he makes the big bucks, and he's he's f- supported by the factory.
1: He's got, as you said, he's got the amazing gear. All he needs is just consistency. He needs to keep the bike on two wheels, um, get consistent starts, and kind of be there. Like I always say, with consistency, that means being there. If one of those front top three riders is down, you need to be there to take that position on the podium and stay mm-hmm. there. Um, if if maybe not this year might be his year, but definitely possibly next year when some of these guys like Austin Forkner maybe Dylan is move up to the next to the 450 class I definitely see Derek Drake being a contender in the future definitely has a lot of potentials and I look forward to seeing what he has in him not just this season but in the future and I hope he's able to keep that ride with uh Troy Lee
0: yeah well like uh we we shall see so to speak when it comes to uh Derek Drake if he can uh if he can put up those random results if he if If his year could sort of go, like if those were actual main events, a 10, a 3, a 13, that's grounds for sort of given him another shot like uh, there's more than a few teams that have gambled on the the potential to uh to make special things happen lord knows that uh th- there's a lot of years where josh grant probably didn't have a lot of awesome rides but he also he'd, he'd win that one race where you're like well there's there's your evidence the guy can make it happen so um to sort of the proof is in the pudding. Uh, it's amazing to see how many, uh, and unfortunately, unfortunately we, we lost one of them, but uh, how many Australians we have in the the lineup right now between Luke Clout, uh, Aaron Tante, and uh, Jay Wilson. I don't know if either one of you are familiar with the, uh, any one of those three guys, but uh, uh, every single one of them damn near in the top 15. Luke Clout currently sitting in ninth in points. Um... Pretty pretty cool to see these these guys uh, working hard, making uh, making some some moves towards the front. A lot of times with uh, uh, whether it be the Penrite Honda or a couple of Yamahas, like uh, they've been a, a welcome addition to the series. And by in no shape or form did Jay Wilson and Aaron Tanti do anybody any favors by picking the number one hundred six and one hundred eight, because that's about as confusing as it gets when it comes to watching the races. <laughs>
2: Most definitely, I I like those two guys for sure. They have saved my fantasy, and I am proudly ahead of Becca right now. So,
1: yeah,
2: I think I jumped. I jumped jumped ahead too. I think. Okay, the only reason. Very much for riding so
0: well. Oh, actually, I actually, yeah. Hey, here's this. Yes, (laughs) I I know why we're ahead of uh, ahead of her, Dave. (laughs) Becca, would you like to inform Dave as to why we are now ahead of her?
1: Yes. Um, well, so uh, I'm going to go with this story because uh, Dave Dave kind of made it evident. So, you know, I forgot to make my fantasy picks. I got a little distracted doing so much during the day. And, you know, um, that's kind of that gist. I'm super bummed. Like, I don't even know what to say. You think I'm at the race? I remember to make my fantasy picks. But obviously, no. But... um I think it was Dave Drake setting me up, you know, having some sort of tactic to keep me distracted during the day and uh, was such an awesome experience that I forgot to make my fantasy picks. So I, I I blame Dave Drake, not even my fault, not my fault
2: at all. Wow. What are you talking about? I definitely I don't I don't know. Wow. I don't
0: know. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Had had you ever forgotten before? Like was this is your first time forgetting? Like it was just such a whirlwind that you oh, forgot? Oh
2: no.
1: Oh no, that's this is not the first time, like, that's happened. Okay. I'm pretty sure okay. I forgot to make my picks in Vegas last year as well. Whenever I go to the races, I honestly, like, kind of forget about making fantasy picks, even though I'm there. I just, I'm too busy taking it all in and enjoying the experience.
0: Okay. So, Dave, you currently hold a 200-point advantage over Becca, which is basically exactly one week uh, one week of... Um, of difference. Your highest is actually you this last was it this last weekend with a uh, a two eighteen that must have been.
2: Yeah. Every weekend I'm getting better. The first weekend I got same admit, here. I I wasn't as uh I guess proficient with using the website as I probably could have. Yeah. And man, I got like ninety points. I picked like three guys that weren't oh, even at the race. Sake. Uh, so I, I'll admit it, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, you picked you easy. picked
0: Ryan Villapoto and uh, and James Stewart just because you're a fan. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, dude, <laughs> James Stewart was like my top four 250 <laughs> but uh, Yeah, man, it was it wasn't pretty, but starting to get into the, get the hang of it now and um, eclipsing Becca, so I'm still pretty good about myself.
0: Fair well, enough. I, I still, do, I,
2: yeah.
1: I hope you would do good with a triple crown. I mean, there's not much room for error there because you get to pick. Your fantasy picks after everyone is qualified, and if you pick yeah. someone that didn't make the triple crown, there's something wrong there.
0: Yeah, no, Becca, you didn't you like go for a nap or something, or go real, like you went to go have a sleep or something?
1: I, I did end up going and taking a quick nap in my car during the day. Yeah, that, I was that, so that, exhausted. It cost you.
0: It cost you. Uh, yeah. And now uh, that moves me to a tie with uh, um, with Maya Kerr with uh who's actually from BC. She's a, uh, a British Columbian uh motocross racer. I'm currently sitting in 7th. Uh a f- number of points back of uh of the great Dave, uh, Mike Sweeney who's currently sitting in the number 1 spot, but uh yeah, Dave. Uh there's 17 people in the the in the uh there's 17 of us here and you you guys are sitting 13th and 14th so uh w- one of us on this phone call knows his moto and it's not you guys but uh becca this has been an awesome experience to have you on the podcast and get some really interesting insight is there anything else that you'd want to leave us with before uh we wrap this up wrap this up with a pretty bow
1: um, I just wanted to leave and say thank you so much for this amazing experience. Um, it really wasn't a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I hope you'll let me be your Arizona correspondent again next season. But um, absolutely, other than that, it's been such a blessing to work with both of you. Dave, thank you so much for making me feel so welcome on race day. Um, I wish I would have met you a little bit more earlier in the day. I had to do track walk alone, um, and it's actually funny. I was texting Dave on track. Uh, not Dave sorry I was texting Brad during track walk and he was trying to explain me how to find you and then I turn around and you're like right there and I was like oh my gosh I could have like had someone to explain the whole track with me the whole time but other than that that's okay Dave doesn't know what he's looking at
0: anyway <laughs> you'd be explaining and, um, it to Dave you'd be like all right so these are the whoops Dave
1: <laughs> but if you ever need me for a future podcast I would love to do what I do as you saw, very busy schedule, but um, again, it's been such a great opportunity, and thank you so much.
0: Hey, it was a pleasure to be able to uh, bestow this uh, opportunity upon you. Uh, you did a fantastic job. Uh, lots of lots of tweets, lots of uh, texts, and uh, and the shouts out on both. Uh, I think on your uh, your Instagram story and your Snapchat story. Very much appreciated, and uh, will not hesitate uh again next year if you uh if you if you happen to be going either phoenix or one of the other rounds uh we'll 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 set you up and we'll uh we'll make it even you like the beauty of this is like the first time you go like everything's just like moving a mile 100 miles an hour the next time you go you'll be a little bit more you'll you'll kind of know the lay of the land a little bit and you'll be able to maximize your day just that much more
1: i really hope so i've I already have a list of like what I want to do better next time. I really compared what I did, even for this podcast. I've been taking notes of as I go of how I need to improve. Like, definitely need to do more research before, like, two hundred percent.
0: Okay, fair enough. I think Dave also has a list of things he needs to work on. So maybe you could you could take a few things out of that.
2: <laughs> always, always work. Always,
0: dude, man. I'm just <laughs> like he 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 thinks I'm I'm kidding, but. Uh, <laughs> Dave, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I, I know you got some more spots uh, available for uh, the interns, as well as uh, some experienced spots leading up to the rounds that are coming up. Uh, Oakland, which is, of course, everybody's favorite round. And then uh, San Diego, a whale's vagina. Um, what? Uh, what can you tell us about the collective experience in the next couple weeks?
2: Oh, man, we're in full swing. So this weekend... Uh, I think we've got a pretty full roster of uh, SX interns. They're going to be experiencing a lot of the same stuff that Becca did, so they're going to be on track, walk with us, doing some rig tours, uh, getting a chance to really interact with a lot of industry people, make these connections that last a lifetime and propel you into the industry full-blown for possible careers and opportunities, and the list goes on and on. And we're really excited to do it. Um, There are some um, spots open for the last nine rounds of the series, and we're going to announce some of the winning interns with AJ um, by the end of this week. So be sure to check that out. And if you guys have any questions, check us out on the um the collectivexp.com at the collective EX on Instagram, contact at thecollectivexp.com. DM us, email us. Uh, we want to make sure that we give every person that signs up an incredible experience and one they will never forget, just like Becca. Do it there guys.
1: Twelve out of ten, do recommend the collective experience. Don't hesitate. Just do it. Just cast aside all your doubts and go for it. Totally worth it.
0: 12 out of 10. And I think we should also, uh, we, we need to uh, monetize that catchphrase. Uh, just do it. No one else has ever come up with that before. Um and, uh, yeah, stoked about that, guys. This has been an awesome podcast. I appreciate both of you coming on the podcast to give me your insight. Uh, and, Dave, for allowing me to, with uh, with the whole the verbal abuse, that, thanks for never firing that back, eh? Like, like did, never once just, like, uh, tell, telling me where to go. Always just taking it with a grain of salt. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's
2: because I love you, man, you know? It's because I love you.
0: Well, then what do I think about you?
2: Oh, I know you love me. Literally, if you don't make fun of me, you don't love me, Brad.
0: I, I Hey, know you. We've, I've explained that in the past. So, uh, Becca, thank you, thank you. this has been awesome. Oh, this is so cute. I, hey, we're best this buds is- here. But uh, I'll
1: be right back. I'm I'm gonna go make a chick flick about you. I'll be right back.
0: Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I think I think that it's already come out. It's called "I Love You, Man." Uh, but uh, <laughs> good times, good people, Kelsey's. We've got Becca. We've got Dave. We got B. Big MX Radio. Brad Gammart here on the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by MedTerra CBD. Appreciate the time, guys. Let's, uh, let's do this again sometime. Uh, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast's sake, we're going to cut it off right there.